Hello and welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton. With me today is Andy. Hey, hey, hey. And Duncan. Hey, ho. It's Why the is spring. Duncan getting a higher welcome than me? Why is he I getting am... the... And Duncan, like the show I'm tra- game. Look, I'm trying to drag myself across finish line after finish line, Andy. How can you do this to me? But this is why, Andy. We've been doing this podcast for eight years and you still <laughs> torpedo my intros. Unforgivable. It's like Ben knows who's going to sabotage him and... Uh, he... <laughs> yeah, so Ben should have really given me the big intro. <laughs> If you give a mouse, if you give a mouse a cookie, Andy, honestly, it's, it's, it's like protection money. Really, it's like <laughs> if, if, you, if you don't give Andy a big intro, then he's going to come knocking around on your door. Yeah. I'm just going to do the intro again. I don't, I don't think we have anything salvageable in this. And you have Andy's laugh. That's always salvageable. Good. You can take that and feather it in to make sure he's present throughout the entire podcast. You love me, Dad. Hello and welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton. With me today is Andy. Hiya! And Duncan. Hi there. It's the spring 2023 anime season. After spending all of winter complaining that it wasn't a very good season, I'm still not watching that many shows, but everyone else is. Are you a fool, Ben? You are a fool. You know what? I want to catch up on old stuff. I'm going to be talking about that at the end of the podcast, but first we're going to go through new shows, and then we're going to go through shows that have a second season, mm-hmm. like Witch for Mercury, Vinland Saga, presumably some others. Uh, so yeah, what is the show that you are most excited about? this season andy for me uh definitely is oshinoko mm-hmm. <clears throat> i was in japan everywhere that wasn't advertising stuff that was already existed the new anime the big new anime was oshinoko and uh yeah it, it, it is pretty incredible i feel it's not the first time it's happened but it's been a long time since an anime started off with a 90 minutes like first episode yeah um which in japan they actually broadcast in theaters uh like a week before the show uh mostly revolves around uh two characters aqua marine and ruby who are the um identical twins of a idol called ai hoshino um and they are both also people who are reincarnated and have ex- memories of their past lives. And what are their past lives, Andy? <laughs> well, Aquamarine was a doctor. What kind of doctor, Andy? Uh, I don't know. GP, whatever. <laughs> like, I actually can't. What, what was it? Do you remember? He's, he's a gynecologist. Not only that, he's Hoshino Ai's gynecologist. So he's re- reincarnated as his patient's uh, mm. uh, daughter, which is a extremely strange thing. Yeah, I, I got the impression, if I'm being honest, that that wasn't like his speciality. That was just the job that he had because he was also looking after Ruby's previous reincarnation, which, which was a sick, terminally ill kid who loved Ai Hoshino, which is how he got into Ai Hoshino. The first, bit, well, the movie length, opening episode revolves around those two characters growing up knowing their past lives not knowing each other's past lives and uh sort of their relationship with i and i thought it was absolutely incredible the um ending scenes where 
you know, like they you see their resolve for the next for the upcoming season uh had a complete change in animation style that was like really impactful and really strong um i have so much faith that this is going to be an incredible series partly because the manga is like beloved my wife has read it all in a plane journey she just didn't put it down uh and i was like okay yeah it's gonna be good she's really excited for it um the um the manga is written by two people the story is by the person who did uh kaguya sama uh my favorite of last year and Mm -hmm. the uh art is done by the person who did scum's wish uh I I really I I really like it. The, the second episode continues uh, Aquamarine and Ruby going into high school, and there's uh, just like some really dumb but lovely stuff around the color their eyes. They have like one eye, which is like this big fucking star, which looks really dumb. But then when Aquamarine yeah. says like thinks evil thoughts, it goes dark, and I'm like that's really dumb, but I kind of love it. <laughs> and um, and there's like this great like cast of people as basically um they the the show revolves aquamarine and ruby getting into the various idol or film industries having deep and it feels like very well uh researched knowledge on the in those industries um with a great supporting cast of people who you kind of can't help but love uh yeah so i can't i can't believe i'm gonna say this but Spoilers for episode one. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm trying to keep it light on the spoilers because I feel that the spoilers are like what really keeps it going. The drama well, is really strong. I think, like, but, people. I will put timestamps in here, but I am going to talk this. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. So, so please skip to thirteen minutes and fifty six seconds to avoid any episode one spoilers. The first. 85 minutes of this show is I think you you missold it because the opening movie isn't about Ruby and Aquamarine it is very 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 crystal clearly focused on I it is about selling her about selling her her dream about selling her personality about and it does a very very good job of making this person who seem both overwhelmed by the world she finds herself in and also a match for it. Like, she's very, very charismatic while also not being uh, unsympathetic. And she she's a great lead character. And they for those 85 minutes, she's compelling and you're rooting for her. And along with Aqua and uh, Ruby, who are both rooting for her, like that's the ho- the whole focus is you've got this really compelling lead, and you've got these two little baby cheerleaders, literally in, at one point, and it's 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 there, it's rooting for you, rooting for you, and then we get the moment when she's attacked by a stalker, and yeah. therein ends her active role in this anime, because she be dead. Um, and that is a hell of a choice to make in your first episode, which I uh, is obviously why it is eighty-five minutes long because they they mm-hmm. wanted obviously just to get this groundwork laid. But I have some reservations about the first episode because I feel like in order to do have all this in and not 
skip events which are clearly going to be relevant in the rest of the series you end up some, with some very awkward pacing um, just because it's clearly oh here we're introducing you to this childhood rival of Aqua It's the scene feels really weird in terms of its pacing but it's in here because she's important later um, and like part of me want, wants whoever was directing it to just have the courage just to say okay we're just going to cut this and we'll put it in later as a flashback. To their credit, that despite those things, I still can't find too much bad to say about it because they did such a strong job of um, making I charismatic and getting us to buy into her. But I guess the problem I have now is they've neither Aqua or Ruby is half as good a lead as she was. And it's like, you've, you've, you've given me the good, the good, good lead. Now you've got the two slightly more annoying uh, co-leads. Uh, you're going to have to work hard here to, to make them live up to her. Okay. I mean, I will fight back on, on that. I, I personally thought that, um, I see what you mean. I feel that you can't just have, like it all just ramping up. <clears throat> I thought the pacing of the, the movie was perfectly fine. If it was an independent movie that was standalone <clears throat> and didn't have the continuing series of afterwards, then yeah, you are, you are right. Well, within your right to say like, it doesn't work as a standalone movie. And I also feel that, um, it works. So it's such a good, clever idea to have just this opening, like I's whole life, um and death in the opening uh in the opening episode because you you can't break that up mm, yeah I, I agree on that i agree i think it just makes the impact of her death at the end even stronger i don't think that they have a weaker cast as well i is a very is purposefully meant to be the best idol ever purely through the eyes of the daughter and the the two people who are yeah. obsessed with her mm-hmm. like they're the only like they're the only people whose opinions you get of I. You don't get anyone else's opinion. So to say that she was like the best, yeah, she is the best. But from their opinion, their point of view, she is the best, but not from everyone's. Like you saw how quickly her death like disappeared at the end. And that was like the hardest thing I thought for me. It wasn't the fact that you saw her die and like this really sad moment where she can't even like see uh, Ruby through the glass. She can just talk to her. Like, it's not even that. It's just the, the aftermath where it's just like, she, we had the funeral. We weren't even really allowed to attend. And then everybody forgot about her. Like, that's the hard bit for me. Um, and it just sets up like the upcoming season and sure you don't think they're as great a cast as they are right now granted you've not really had very long with them in their current iteration whilst you've had 90 minutes of i you've got a whole season of ruby and aquamarine potentially i don't know i don't know where this is going to go but Mm. it does set a precedent i think that if they're that willing to kill off a great character than i then like what else are they willing to kill off the thing that my wife has commented on is like the the drama's really good when it is getting going. I have a lot of faith this is going to be an incredible, like the highlight of the season. Um, 
it does feel like haven't had that many shows which deal directly with the murkier side of the of the Japanese entertainment industry. Like Perfect Blue is obviously the e go to for absolutely everyone. In, incorrect. Literally every idol thing that we watch has the dark side. Like fucking Retsuko had it. Like sure, mm. Blue Arc. Blue, blue, no, no, like, no, no, no. Retsuko has. No, like, Retsuko did have it multiple times. Yeah, I think it's it's kind of similar to the like heavier psychology of giant robot anime, where like you know people are like, oh, you just gotta check out Evangelion. It's, it's the one that's all. It's like no, everything after Evangelion has like, uh oh, it's abusive to make kids pilot giant robots. I guess that even goes back to like Idion or Gundam. So also a little point on your fact that oh, they shouldn't have had this scene where the kid is acting. Which I would rather that be there as opposed to what we have with Ranking of Kings. Or what we have with fucking slime, in which we have, by the way, fucking like, you didn't know about this because we couldn't put it in, but here's what happens. It's like, I don't fucking care. And change the plot. <laughs> oh no, we can't. We can't have. We can't have transformative adaptations, Duncan. What are you talking about? Fans would riot. I mean, <clears throat> they could, but I, I feel that that would have been a that would have been a disservice to them to the show. I, I do feel like that the 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 ending changed the whole thing from perfect blue to monster. It was like okay, it's it's gone from like this is about show business and and all this to I'm going to track down that killer. Yeah, and it's a bit of both, right? Like this is what's so good about it. It's, it's a kind of it's a it's a bunch of meat meat meats. You got perfect blue, you got monster, you got like your fucking cozy high school romance stuff. Like there's a bunch of stuff going on in there, and it all works. Welcome back. You should be safe from spoilers. Now, back to our regular programming. It'll be exciting to see how it pans out, too. And if it continues to, to be good, I'll tune in. But that uh, I agree with Duncan that the movie's kind of a, a bit of an ask, especially if it's going to, like, go off in a different direction after that. I mean, th- th- that's, that's my big, big thing, is that I think it, I think it is worth, worth watching. Uh, I do think you'd enjoy it, Ben. Um, but I think, like, when you're asking someone to sit down for... Uh, almost 120 minutes uh, or whatever it was in in total like you you need to just have that be self-contained i think think it's what about every fucking thing on netflix nowadays like stranger things as as episodes that goes from an hour to fucking two hours i don't watch stranger things anymore (laughs) i don't watch it either but people still fucking watch it i got fed up with it having long episodes yeah fucking game of thrones and it's fucking two long episodes yeah just learn to storytell motherfuckers I, I agree with you. Okay. Whilst Oshinoko goes through stuff and has plot that is actually relevant to the rest of the series. But it actually does stuff. There's no padding in it. It's all relevant. It's all plot. Okay. Where do we go from here? What else are we watching? <laughs> Another idol anime that only I'm watching. Why don't we do it? Let's knock this <laughs> oh one dear. out of the bag. Oh, dear. Idol Master Cinderella Girls U149. Speaking of murdered sins. idols. <laughs> I, I was going to say, speaking of um, uncomfortable premises. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, no. It, uh, yeah. Andy, explain the premise of U149. <laughs> well, you only get your, one chance. We're, I, not gonna yeah. edit. We're not going to edit to fix it, so you've got to do, do it in one right now. Oh, Editor, dude. we're making a mark here. Okay, this Andy, is the... <laughs> explain the premise of Idolmaster U149. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. You can hear any sirens in the background. You'll find out why. Uh, Idolmaster149 follows um, a new producer of the Idolmaster series, 
and producing a bunch of um, girls who are all under 149 centimeters tall, mostly preschoolers. Uh, it's a bit weird, but it doesn't <laughs> kind of play off apart from one character who I'll get into. <laughs> Except for the sexy one. Except for the sexy one. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, Why? Well, uh, writing, down, thank- writing down content wording for <laughs> this episode's post. Thankfully, she's not in it much. Um, <laughs> and I don't, the the I classic don't... cry of every single anime fan. <laughs> Thankfully, that character's not in it much. <laughs> yeah, but she. everyone has to have an episode. And she's not the worst. <laughs> to be fair, she's not oh, the worst. Oh, no. Okay, I'm gonna of, stop of, taking the piss. Like, tell us the for, Idol Master, tell us the for Idol Master canon I'm talking about, but like, okay, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it's it's about about a new production studio trying to uh, turn a bunch of the kids into market. idols. What, what's not to love? It is it is enough. <laughs> uh, so so. <laughs> Presumably someone had to go into a boardroom and pitch this. And who did they say this was for? Who did they have to say it was for? Because oh. they couldn't say who it's actually oh. for. Is what I'm asking, Andy. <laughs> like who, like what hypothetical otaku subculture is, is it just shorties? Is it just like, we just want lots of short girls? Why are they all under 12 then? I don't, uh, I, because yeah, to be under, because all <laughs> girls under 12 are under 149 centimeters. But that's not also to be confused with uh, the 142s which are a group of idols who are all 142 centimeters. Uh, That's very important to not mix up because you'd have egg on your face then, Ben. Uh, Also the fact that there's a... a a lot of stuff on my face, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Also the fact that there's um, an ongoing manga, I think was the big source. Uh, And the manga is really popular, uh, which is based on the same amount of girls. I actually really (laughs) quite like it compared to the first series. Uh-huh. The first series was a mess. It is an absolute fucking mess that doesn't know what it's doing. Like, it's very clear that, that it's at the beginning of the Cinderella Girls franchise, and it kind of doesn't go anywhere, and it picks really annoying characters that you kind of hate. This one, <laughs> it's, it's not so bad. They are kids, but it's not... Apart from so, so a question, simple sim question, Andy. Are these the kid versions of characters you... No, as adults in the in the franchise. No, no, no. Just, no in just the franchise they're kids as well. Okay. Um, if if there's anything I can hazard, I know that Girls in Panzer, which is my whole my whole window into idol culture, has several spinoff mangas that are like it's the elementary school class. People use different classes to do spinoffs uh, of stuff, and presumably yeah. it's not pervy, but no, it's not. <laughs> it's actually surprisingly wholesome. Uh, I I really it's. They've done a very good job to not be able to sexualize these characters. And I am also coming from the lens of being a massive Idolmaster fan. So I know all of these characters already. Um, It was quite nice to see some of the characters' backstories. Nina was a a big, was like kind of a favorite of mine. I, I was, I like her as a character. Her voice is very good. It sounds like an actual child, which kind of makes it, feel less predatory and more kind of adorable. It feels more See? like kids doing cute things as opposed to like, mm-hmm. you know, look at, let's, let's watch an anime where a bunch of adults exploit children. Yeah, I guess I guess it's just like seeing the world from a, from a more childlike perspective is a, a big 
desire for a lot of fans of certain franchises. I guess going back to the girls in Panzer and Upate sort of thing. Yeah, well, and Nambiori, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Nambiori doesn't have like an adult. It doesn't have like, oh, here's the anime about all the adults living in the Nambiori village, and here's our spinoff of how the kids live. <laughs> it, it'd be like if there's yeah. a spinoff of the adults in the Nambiori village, which, I, which I'd honestly watch. I guess I can't. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> uh, like, just go to PTAs. <laughs> well, they just they farm. They have like yeah. very small scale disagreements that <laughs> never really that will, resolve that will anything. Get- Resolved, yeah. Over yeah, I'm just, I'm just showing my like boring anime consumer uh, colors here. <laughs> but like, I mean, it is good. Like they, they every episode has an inclusion of uh, like a more um, beloved or I guess senior um, idol master character. So the first two had Federico and Ichinose, two cats you don't know, but they were great. Uh, I love seeing them in an- animation. I, I feel this very hard for me to talk about this without the lens of me being like, I'm a mega fan of this series, so I'm going to love it regardless. The one thing I will say that I think is better over the first series, I think the producer is better. Like, the joke of him is that he's small, and so he kind of fits working for a small idol unit. He's a lot more kind of his own character as opposed to Cinderella Girls, which just had this stoic face like... Kind of no one who was just like, I like your smile. Yeah, so he's less of an audience insert then. Yes, probably definitely. a good thing. It is. It is like it. It works because it's very much like these characters that you know, like, and the animation's good, and they put songs in. I'm a big fan. What can I say? But I have been for the last five years, so I'm cursed to enjoy this anime. <laughs> That's understandable. Shall we do the one other? Uh, idol slash magical girl related show of the, the season, which is uh, Mahu Shoujo Magical Destroyers, which oh, yeah. has an excellent OP and is entirely average as far as I'm concerned. Like it has just an absolute banger of an OP, like just yeah. really, really good, good rift and uh, uh, chorus just catches you, pulls you along. The- and if the show was like that, I'd be... <laughs> I'd be so happy. Ain't but, that the trick? Ain't that but, the trick? Yeah. Though? Like the anime, like the the OP looks gorgeous. Like it looks yeah. gorgeous as well. Like they put so much love into the craft of the OP. The bit where he, like he swallows a fish, spits out the fish. Like the water dynamics, absolutely gorgeous. And then the anime happens, and it's fucking atrocious. I hated this. <laughs> ah, so this was the this was the hate. This, this was the was, hate. This was. Uh, so it's about. It's set in like the near distant future where there's a mysterious organization who cancels all otaku culture and then actively like takes it all away. And then there's a bunch of under resistant fighting otakus who then try and take their otaku items back. But then there's also these three girls, or at least one in the open, the one in the first episode that I watched, who can actually transform into magical girls. And it it's awful. Okay, wait. Is it awful, like incompetent, or is it awful, like gross? Is what so I'm asking. So it's not incompetent. That's the annoying thing. Like, there are moments where I'm like, I see what they're doing. I see that they're referencing older shows. I see that they're they're trying to like they're trying to ape a style that feels like late '90s, early 2000s. Sort of like, 
I don't know where you put it. Like, welcome to the NHK. Like, well, I, th- I think there's like a, a strong, like the fact that the villains like got a TV head immediately makes me think of Dead Leaves and that yeah. whole uh, whole sort of genre of slightly edgy, slightly out outcasty thing, which is obviously what they're going for. And the jokes have all been done before. Like, there's yeah. moments of good animation, and there's some jokes which are sort of like, yeah, that's funny enough. The animation style and the sort of pacing is kind of like an XL Saga thing, which worked yeah. for XL Saga, but I it doesn't work for Magical Destroyers. It is an ugly-ass anime. Like, the way that they draw some of the faces, it's, like, purposefully, like, not a pretty look. And then they also, like, have these weird shots, which, it, like, shots of the crowds, of, like, the otaku crowds, which feels like it's kind of drawn like a web manga or or something yeah. like that do you know what i'm talking about duncan yeah i mean i think that's deliberate i think they're trying to yeah. trying to go for a certain vibe and i i you are someone who has a very strong reaction to try hardism mm. and like I've, I've watched three episodes of it now and the third episode was the best and met and that was just the first time i'd laughed in three episodes which for something which is Trying to be a comedy is not good. And, and and sorry, one one last thing. The thing that it that I think it's trying to be, and it it pains me to say this, but it's trying to be foodie coolie, but it doesn't yeah. have anything like foodie coolie will ever do. And it's notable that the the director is the director of Foodie Goody Progressive. Yes, um, I was going to bring that up. Yeah, like and and from that I was like, okay, yeah, like yeah, I, I'm I'm hes- I'm hesitant to blame the director because like. Uh, he also uh, wrote and directed and storyboarded like the Robot Girl Z OVAs, which means I think he, I think at least he knows how to do comedic timing. Mm-hmm. But I do wonder, uh, Bibbery Animation Studios is very young, and they're really only known for the Azure Lane anime and a relatively inexperienced studio. And I, I really wonder how popular the, the the manga is at that. For them, or is it not a manga? It's, it's not original. a manga. It's an anime based on, on some some characters uh, done by a kind of outsider art, sort of artist. Um, and so there, I think there's a game, and I think I, I honestly think the pitch for this is we will make a low a sort of lo-fi aesthetic our selling point. So you won't have to have a big budget. We'll make make this kind of grungy, edgy show, and that'll be. That would be part of its appeal, but I think it forgets that like the, the the things which did that best are shows which really just use that to do interesting things with animations. And I, yeah. I hate hate to it, it, it admit that one of of and Andy's uh, faves is comes into this, but a certain pe- a pair of foul mouthed, uh, simply drawn characters and their various uh, uh, skits do experimental anime far better pop team epic like the fact that i think it's has like made it its own little subgenre like it it's very much staked it, its flag as like outsider anime and mm. if you want to compete with that you have to be you have to be prepared to do things which are just as experimental visually and this just doesn't. It just wants to have slightly edgy joke. The way that it's drawn is very purposely trying to evoke, like you said, like a grungy style of anime. I don't feel it's as cheap as you're making it out to be. It's not as cheap as, say, a Taku Elf, which is a nice segue to something that I did kind don't, of enjoy a bit more don't call out good than segues. this yeah. show. 
Otaku Elf is is fine. It, it's a show about an, <laughs> just what uh, I want to hear. <laughs> it's a show about it's it's a show about an elf who's like uh, an otaku who's a hikikomori, <laughs> and uh, she lives in a shrine, and then she gets a new sort of like shrine master, and she basically forces her to go outside. It's quite funny. It's quite cute. Uh, the animation is all right. Um, no, 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 no. I, I think it, like <laughs> th- th- you're, you're you're being too kind, Andy. Like this is this is the show which has the least movement in it of the season. Like honestly, but you know what it has? It has that that character art that I quite like, where everything's shiny. Oh yeah, the like, ca- all, like the- all the characters shine. The cheeks shine. Their eyes shine. Their foreheads shine. Like, <laughs> I I enjoy it. The it's ears a, shine. Like a, yeah, they, they make a big it, deal of the elves' ears. They, 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 yeah. they're in there for the fetish people. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's fine. I, I don't know if I watch all of it, but like, <laughs> I watch. It will be an ironing show, you know. It's just, it's just mm. have, yeah, it's nice to have is. on. To, to, um, is there anything I, else you wanted to say about? I, that? I think it's the show which has most made me want to d- think. Oh yeah, that would be a pleasant manga to read. Like, it doesn't really bring anything which you wouldn't get from a manga. Uh, like some of the jokes are quite decent. Like yeah. they're not like laugh out loud, but they're they're just it's gently <laughs> funny. And I do really like the ED. I like like the ED, which is uh, sh- shot with this combination of placing one of the characters from the show in this uh, real background and just having them lounging around in it or, and relaxing or eating or whatever. I have quietly grown fond of its its op song because it's kind of old. It's very old fashioned. It's like din 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 din, and it's just it's just like no, it's not yeah. a banger by any means, but it's just sort of slightly catchy, and you just appreciate it. And you go, yeah, it's, that's quite nice. Yeah. I'll let I'll, I'll let you play. I, I I won't skip. Yeah, and I, I guess we'll move on to the next thing that we is is kind of just nice and just ongoing. Yamada kun's level 99 love story or whatever it's called. my love story um, with you madoka and that level 1999 it's good it's fine it I, I don't know i watched the first episode i think <laughs> you can't say it's fine about every single show we watch he can and he will i'm saving the good stuff to later like the stuff that okay, i actually great. enjoy it was nice to see something by madhouse i was like i haven't seen any they kind of died down a lot recently i didn't realize it was madhouse yeah and it it doesn't feel like it's as well produced or as nice looking as a Madhouse joint usually is, but it was it was <laughs> which it is was often sweet. the case with Madhouse. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. Madhouse often don't look like Madhouse. It's a insider knowledge lets you recognize. Yeah. I think it's yeah. pretty good looking. On honestly, Andy, you know when they're proud to it's Madhouse because they changed the logo on the opening, so it's the actual logo of Madhouse as opposed to Madhouse and Katakana. That's another little fun fact. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's why you listen to these podcasts everybody <laughs> or at least that's my logic i mean yeah it's not an ugly looking show but it's very like simplistically drawn there's, there's nothing like high detail to any of the artwork um but it, it's basically about a girl who gets dumped and then she is still playing this online game that she's put money in because her boyfriend wanted to play it uh and then goes to a con and then accidentally like starts talking to a guy who turns out to be this legendary gamer um, but also he's kind of hot. That's about it. I don't know. Does That's it get it. any more than that, Duncan? I mean, I really enjoyed the cold open on her being dumped. <laughs> like that—that yeah. was, that was good. And I—I I, I, kind of liked how it—it it, it was kind of a, a low-key breakup where uh, she seemed to like realize that it probably was something which was coming, but she was still hurt by it. And I, I liked 
how that sort of had this mix of mundanity and drama to it. Like, it wasn't just the most dramatic moment of her life, but it still hurt. And Mm. I think it really gets the social aspect of um, online communication down really well. I I like, I really enjoy the interactions in their... um, uh, what is it? What's the game called? Um, some sort sort of forest or something. But I, no. I, I, I it's no. sort sort of fantasy. <laughs> it works really well for two reasons. Firstly, they have this uh, lovely cartoon style for for all the in-game interactions, where all the characters are really cartoony des- designed, but they have really limited animation to them. They don't like express that much, like. They, they just kind of they move like sprites they they sort of go from frame to frame almost and it's it's really charming that you you go from this to which andy is like oh it's it's not prestige it is still pretty pretty nice animation pretty uh like it, it has got that extra uh, lighting pass done by someone like it, it looks good but i feel that that's mostly for the core these days i, I don't feel that there's Personally, there wasn't anything. I think you're spoiled, Andy. Wow. Yeah, definitely. I think we've been definitely spoiled in the last couple of seasons. Um, I do like. I do like the way that the video game looks like a crappy, like free-to-play online MMO. Looks like a a RuneScape like clone. That kind Um, of vibe. Yeah, that stuff's fine. But again, like that kind of been done before. Bye. (laughs) Says the guy doing a watching an idol anime. How many idol animes? Idol yeah, animes. sure, but whatever. <laughs> okay. okay, moving on. Look, this uh, this criticism is only reserved for non-idol animes. Every... <laughs> yeah. It's like if you haven't how, t- look. If, how unfair if you... for you to bring up my watching preferences? Just just to to finish off uh, nine, level ninety ninety nine. Um, like one thing I really am appreciating about it though is that the a good fifty percent of the cast are it. it are no long like none of them are just completely dumb kids like akane the the lead female is a basically university student and like the first episode gave me heavy honey and clover vibes because it of her going out and get getting dumb drunk and just being very glad of seeing someone making themselves look stupid getting drunk and like just the that and just being and again that that event not being like this dramatic terrible thing which leads to drama and stuff but just being like something she mm-hmm. wakes up wakes up the next morning and kind of feels feels uh, feels dumb to have done like it's oh why yeah. did i do that and like that's just kind of relatable and uh i enjoy having in some adults in the building rather than just kids <laughs> when i look at the rest of the season's shows there's there's a lot of shows which are like high school all shows like it's probably a good point to move on to another one of the these drama slash romance shows yeah. of this, this season um and i i was going to uh, quickly talk about insomniacs after school um which is another distinctly high school show it, it's it's very much two students in at high school are both insomniacs and it's affecting their daily lives and they're trying to hide it from everyone else. And one day during preparations for a school festival, our male lead, our male lead uh, is asked to go fetch some chairs from the old planetarium, which is supposed to be haunted. Um, and he goes up there and he hears 
breathing. And he's like, oh, oh God, what's going on here? Is, is there actually some truth to this, this rumor about this place being haunted? And no, it's this uh, girl who's sleeping. He wakes, accidentally wakes her up. Comedy ensues. And he finds out that she, it, like he, is an insomniac. And she's been going there to uh, sleep during school. Uh, as a, this place where no one in the school will go because of this rumor about uh, uh, a dead girl haunting it. A rumor which she started deliberately to scare people away from the room. And it is the most chilled out show I have watched since Call of the Night. Uh, it's just like, <laughs> here's, some, here's some characters. They're going to hang out. Except this time there's no vampires. And uh, less drama. It is very pretty. It's not very expressive with it, but um, I, li- I like the, s- the stylization they've, they've gone for, and it's a beautifully rendered world. It's got a really nice chemistry between uh, Nakami and uh, Magui, and they, they just sort of play off each other very well, and despite this having this like central, central concern which joins them together of their insomnia they're very different personalities it's an odd couple show and just getting to enjoy their interactions and how they're negotiating their attempts to keep this little hideaway they've got it's just kind of like low-key relaxing and i'm just i've just enjoyed my time with it it's a it's a good evening show it's it's this is i've I've got half an hour uh, where I'm just winding down for bed. I just want to watch something chilled out. Yeah, great show for that. Um, and it's it's also, uh, importantly, the first show this season, which has a, a Noto Mamako uh, uh, character, uh, school nurse, <laughs> doing, the, doing her duty as school nurse here. And uh, all, all hail uh, Mamiko. And uh, we're glad. You and E-Virus but- on her train all the time. I mean, she's got she's got uh, some good characters this season. Um, it's, it's when you have a, a voice actress who portrays um, Benton in eccentric uh. fan- family, which is one of my favorite characters of all time. And and she just took a, a break. Was it two years or so? Or was she didn't really do didn't do much. She's work? back. She's been taking minor roles generally, though. We'll be talking about one of her roles later, which is slowly. Uh, coming from the background to the foreground in um, Gundam. Um, yeah. But she's she still excels on... You don't give her much, and she can she can just completely steal a scene from under the main actor's uh, mm-hmm. noses. And it's just really nice to have her just sort of playing a, a slightly world-weary nurse who she walks in, finds them there, and her first reaction is, are you two having sex? And they're like, no, for God's sake, no. And she's like, thank, thank God for that. I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't, did not want to deal with that at all. It's just way too much fuss. It's quite fun to, to have someone uh, that sort of perspective, uh, which I can relate to on all these teenagers. Um, what other shows is she in, Duncan? Because she's in Wish for Mercury. She's in Insomniacs After School. Isn't she also in Hell's Paradise? She is indeed in Hell's Paradise. The first good, one, the second good one of the season. That well, we- now we're ruining it. This is awful. Hell's Paradise is also thanks, Andy, for Hell's- correcting yourself to remember that you. <laughs> oh, third, I guess third, you did it well. Third, because I forgot about you. One four nine. Hell's Paradise is pretty cool. It follows the uh, it follows the story of uh, Gabby Maru, who is a um, when you meet him in the first episode, he's a he's a 
a listless wishing for death uh, shinobi um, who then goes through various modes of... Uh, he's like trying to be beheaded and he, they can't kill him, so they try to set him on fire. They can't set him on fire. Try to rip him apart by bulls. It doesn't happen. And it goes through some really... Oh, violent. I see. It's, it's the Rasputin sort of thing. I get it, yeah. Uh, and then turns out that she, he doesn't really want to die after all, and so he's been set on a expedition to find the elixir of life for the great daimyo um which this is set in feudal sort of period japan and um it's really quite good i really enjoy gabby Mao as a character and then uh, Sag- uh sagiri who's like his mentor slash like assassin like mer- executioner like the second episode gets into her sort of uh and then compose uh contrasted with gabby maru who uh, accepts his burden on murdering people because he has to, otherwise he dies instead. I feel like that maybe he slightly missed the point for the first episode there. It was um, okay. Sorry, what was what but, was the? I feel I, I that will... maybe I was a bit glib in that. Then this is a show where, as I, as I discovered last season with uh, Vinland Saga, is Mappa can have a, a wonderful looking show one minute and they can have cardboard cutouts the next and. N- there's almost no indication when they they will suddenly decide. Okay, budget's just disappearing. Okay, budget's back now. And I the first episode for me was was a, a great one. Like you you have this this kind of cliched character like world weary shinobi like gabumu like he wants to die and so he's going to be executed and so they as andy says they try try all all these different executions and but he keeps not dying and then sagiri comes along and, and confronts him with the simple thing as well you obviously don't want to die and the question we're then introduced to is like okay so why what why does why does he not want to die why does he want to live and the answer is he's got a great wife and his because he he's married to noto mamako and uh we we get a little nice little flashback to them living in this village of ninjas and like they bring up this idea that so you're you're trained as a killer here and that means in this village no one is allowed to live as a person because the moment you actually allow yourself to be a person, then you have to deal with the weight of everything you've done. You have to deal with all the deaths you've you've caused. You can't do your job if you're a person, so you have to become the, a hollow. That's his nickname, Gabby Marie the Hollow. Like you have to become this empty, empty thing which just does what it's told. And the mo- moment in t- he is introduced to someone in his life who suggests to him. Maybe you don't have to be that way. Maybe it's better that you weren't hollow. Is the moment he becomes useless to the rest of the village, and they betray him to so he's captured. And the sort of big reveal at the end of the first episode is that Sigiri, as an agent of the Shogun, can offer him a pardon, can offer him the way to to wipe his slate slate clean. And and that's interesting though because. She clearly thinks like, oh, this is an amazing offer. I'm giving you this chance to, to have a life, uh, to and like the the way that's typically handled in handled in shonen shows is, oh, this is a chance for redemption. Yeah, this is a chance to leave behind what you've done. And what's made perfectly clear is that he knows you can't do that. He knows that 
all he is winning if he gets this pardon is a chance to accept that he's human and that everything he's done is horrible and he's he's fighting for the chance to to suffer almost he doesn't get a good ending and he like he he seems to accept that because despite all that there's someone who still wants him in his life and that's an that's an, a more interesting attempt to create a character who is if not not following pacifism but actually attempting to live with his sin and accepting that there isn't an atonement for it you've 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 done this it will always be with you and that's what that's why i i slightly disagreed with you it's what makes this interesting to me because otherwise it's just this tale of a half dozen executioners and a half dozen crazy criminals on this wacky island and like that yeah that's probably fun in a shonen kind of way but but i i feel that ultimately that is what it's going to be i mean whilst truth. i do agree with you that gabby maru's like um backstory is pretty impress- interesting and his ultimate reward is also um pretty uh n- like nothingness like that is that is interesting don't feel like that's going to be the main fuss of this show. I'm enjoying it a lot. I also disagree with the animation. I think the animation's pretty, pretty fucking bang on. And I feel that like a lot of the action scenes is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yeah, they they know how to pick their budget. Uh, maybe it's it's because I'm one episode further along, but it it definitely does vary a bit. Um, but I do I do enjoy that it's an incredibly colorful location. Uh- I mean the new ve- I I haven't seen okay. the, the you island. haven't seen the third but... episode yes so the 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 island which you haven't seen <laughs> is a very bright and vibrant place that's cool and I, I'm glad they've kind of gone for colorful and hallucinogenic ideals for their sort of paradisical island and it probably will just descend into a uh, fighting shonen but them's your them's your breaks there's not not this is anime that's what's going to happen Time to talk about something that is also very nice and I've seen only two episodes of. Tengoku Daimakyo, which is the Disney Plus oh. animation. This is a post-apocalyptic where you follow Kiruko and Gen as they go through a post-apocalyptic world trying to find heaven. Meanwhile, you have another assortment of characters uh, like Tokyo, a few other characters mm-hmm. who seem to be in a sort of like futuristic classroom. They both seem to kind of be existing in the same world. You might also you might also see it as heavenly delusion. Also, there's not been consensus on the translated or regular Japanese. But title. On, on Disney Plus, which is what it's streaming on, it is uh, it is it is called uh, Tengoku Daimakyo. Um, and yeah, I I mean Duncan will get into it. I absolutely adored it. I was worried at the end of the first episode that it's, it's going to get really dark, but it actually doesn't do that. It does a weirder thing, which I enjoyed a lot more. Um, and then I also really enjoyed in that opening animation of the battle scene. I really loved how it would s- switch between sort of like a normal anime view, and then it would it would add black borders uh, to the to the top and the bottom, make it sort of more widescreen, make it more cinematic. And I absolutely loved it. I thought it was beautiful. I I absolutely love it. I it's my show of the season by a good amount. Like there's 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 only one show which is close to it, and like I think. It's got such a strange vibe to it. Like, moment to moment, it can remind me of shows like YKK or Kino or Girls Last Tour, where the yeah. focus is on, like, this quiet journey through this landscape, which has been changed by some un- unknown apocalypse. But then, as Andy says, there's this other tale being told at the same time, and we're not entirely clear 
on whether this tale has been told in the past or just somewhere else and how intertwined it is with the events which are going on in the the main narrative and like that's such an effective device for creating tension because we can't be sure if we're sort of being shown why the volcano has erupted or why it might be about to blow its top again like that that just is, takes this this quiet apocalypse and adds this edge of menace to it and it is by far i think the technically the most accomplished show this season like i know you love oshinoko but i i think like just moment to moment like the action scenes are just superb i think it's just got such a wonderful sense of character movement and mm. just how how they move move around the environments and i like like the character designs as well like you've got with character design you have to strike a balance between being iconified and looking real and i think this sits very well on that where you have characters who are all very visually distinct but they don't look cartoony either like you can mm. you can recognize someone by it's it's the t- classic team fortress thing you can recognize someone by their silhouette almost also i like how like some character designs like mimi hime who has like these weird like yeah. ears and i'm like is that part of a design or are they actually like weird dog ears um yeah the, the characters are all very expressive they're all very like notably like softer looking mm. and it feels weird because it's kind of very much added like a tone difference to the other mob characters like the 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 people who you just who they interact with who are very more like traditionally i guess drawn which makes me feel like and i think it's slightly been hinted at as well but these are like a different species of people mm. i yeah like I like the farm. I like the, I like the bit where it's just they go to a farm and then they just like watch a bunch of farmers get high and like play music <laughs> and just like have a lovely life. It's great. I, I really like it. I, I think I agree with you. I'm looking forward to seeing where it's going. It's its atmosphere is is really strong and its mystery serves a purpose. There's also this, as I say, this tension that maybe we're deliberately being set up and and you mm-hmm. and that makes you it makes me as a viewer a little bit. I, are you about to pull the rug under under for me? And that, that tension is just adds a little spice to it. And I yeah, it's it's, it's been pretty much perfect so far. Uh, could not recommend more. Um, yeah, so, it's yeah. definitely it's definitely high, definitely high on the list. Unlike a bit lower, a galaxy next door, which I actually think this is slightly <laughs> more enjoyable than Yamada personally. But it, they're both very slow. Uh, it's just about guy who's got a house and, and he also writes a Joe a romance a shoujo romance manga who then gets a new assistant called Chirori who also happens to somehow be an alien and she touch he touches her like pinprick of her tail at the end and then turns out that they're married and it's kind of about to deal with their relationship it's quite sweet it's quite nice the animation is on par and but and it tells its story at a very nice slow relaxing pace that I wouldn't not in love with i'm not hating but i will definitely keep watching it because it seems pretty pretty chill <laughs> like, and nice i do feel like i watched one episode of this and that one episode did to me just feel like this is a story these aren't people these are characters and that's that's something i did like about uh yamada is that they felt like people rather than just tropes whereas yeah. this is just whereas 
I felt that this was more more tropey, and it, it, it was it was sweet, and it was a nice, mm. nice, nicely nicely enough animated. But it it just kind of felt like I was never going to get uh, more than the the standard slow falling in love tale with with well about him get, touching her tail. <laughs> I, I I I feel the same way about Yamada though. I I feel that you are right. I feel they're both right. There is more setup in a galaxy next door, granted. Um, but I don't hate it. That's fair. Something that I'm not watching though, but you are. What is uh, Skip and Loafer like? Skip and Loafer is the only thing which runs um, uh, Heavenly Delusion close in my in my view. Like it's the second outstanding show of the season for me. There's there's a couple of things which which get it that outstanding tag. First, firstly, and I think foremostly is its uh, lead uh, Mitsumi who is just like double quadruple s tier lead like she's just amazing she is this this great combination of sincerity confidence and absolute cluelessness and it's it's just such a joy every time she's on screen like i think i've become so jaded o- over the time of characters who are are set out as as being uh complex that i really enjoy when it's a character who on the surface at least is just says what she wants is open about her her dreams and stuff and is just is just going hell for leather to achieve them and it's just here is mitsumi she's this kid from out in the boonies like this is literally like one of the non non biori kids goes to a prestigious tokyo university and she like the opening episode is her she's staying with her aunt who's who moved to the big city and her aunt's like will you be okay making your way to school all across the the, the subway she's like nah i'll be fine I, I i've got this down i've got my maps i've got my plan can handle this 100 percent." two scenes later just being sick against the wall because she's couldn't handle being in a packed carriage and she hasn't been around this many people in her life and she's having a panic attack because she's going to be late it's like oh, how, how have i failed i don't fail failure is not uh, i don't fail this is not what i do and she runs into um Soseke, who is this kind of lazy sort of chilled out uh handsome boy who is also going to her school and he's like oh yeah i recognize your uniform um yeah, I'll show you where where the college is. Don't worry, I'll I'll, I'll get you there. And she's like, "We're still going to be late, though, aren't we?" And, and he's like, "Yeah, but it doesn't really matter. Don't worry so much." And and like, I feel like in in one anime, like she'd take that would be the the lesson. It's like, "Yeah, don't worry about it." But she's like, "Hell no, I, I'm running, and you're running too." And he's like, "I'm running. Yeah, you're running." It's like, "Come on, run, run, run!" Is this kind of of charming to watch him him getting swept up by her enthusiasm and just dragged along on with her and they get there and they sort of slink into the 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 auditorium and it turns out she's like the valedictorian she's the one giving the opening speech and and she and you, you think oh she's she's there she's completely exhausted she's looks like she's completely and utterly worn out and and things she's gonna completely fail at this now and no she completely knocks it out of the park she she just purely from memory just gives this perfect like a valedictorian speech to the entire uh, thing walks off the stage 
suddenly and then suddenly runs towards what one of the teachers and is sick all over <laughs> and it's just like this it's this wonderful mix of competence and incompetence and kind of like a it's just like a high school romance but done with a like with a main character kind of as like a, a country girl in the city have you ever seen um nodomi cantalibe Andy, uh, no. I think Ben would have probably a long time ago seen Another Cantalibi, which was yeah, you're uh, a big booster of it. I remember. Yeah, I I, just, I, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it because it was a show where um, you had a focus on the sort of drama of them going through their life in school, and the act, the romance was a plot within it rather than the overwhelming thing sweeping everything forward. And here it f- feels the same. Like there's, there's, there's definitely going to be romances here, but it doesn't feel like that is like the overwhelming focus of it. It's just a high school drama, not necessarily a high school romance, if that makes sense. And I feel like comedy though. It sounds like it's, it's a comedy. Yeah, it, it's it's it has comedy elements but it's not a comedy it has romance elements but it's not a romance it's it feels like it's not strongly committing to like like i feel like most shows we get now are like oh this is a this is a high school comedy or this is a high school romance it's not no it's just a high school drama just telling this story about this person adapting to life both in this big city and in this new age group and new set of friends it has this lovely uh, art style to it it's very airy like it has uh, very thin lines to the designs mm. it's got a nice use of it's got a nice use of pastel pack colors. yeah like, i'm yeah. I mean, i'm enjoying it. I, I i intended to pick it up i just haven't got around to watching it yeah um, it's, it's also got a great op as well with uh showing people dancing and animating it very well is is an easy sell as, as we know from a slightly less wholesome anime last last year like mm-hmm. If you can animate animate two people touching and make that convincing, then we know you've got a good crew. It's charming and and uh, beautiful, and yeah, yeah, cool. And then finally, just to round it off, uh, Mashal. I've been watching that. I, I watched the first episode. It's basically One Punch Man, but with magic. A uh, guy called Mash who doesn't have any magic skills, and then uh, but can work out and exercise for all his time. And then uh-huh. he's and then he's like punching stuff in a magic world. It seems fine. That made me laugh more than I was expecting. It actually, it's kind of got like a Gintama quality to it. Um, I, I like it. It's a shonen jump show. Uh, I might watch a second episode, see how I take it from there. But yeah, it, it's not high up on the list. And that is all the new stuff that we've been watching. Thank Christ, we're over. Oh fuck, all the new stuff that isn't based on an existing series spin-off or sequel to existing series we'll be handling that after break plus a little bit <sighs> of nod on what we've been watching otherwise and what we'll be watching next And we're back. Let's launch right into it. There's a spinoff for Konosuba called God's Explosion on this Wonderful World. Man, I should have actually looked up what it's called. <laughs> Konosubarashi Sekai ni Bakuen wo. So yeah, it's like... Yeah, God's, God's, God's Explosion uh, on this God, Wonderful World. An explosion world on this Wonderful World. Yeah. Is no godding. No god no, here. No gods. 
I like Konosuba despite its creepiness. I like Megaman despite the fact that she is like an underage character who is the target of sexual jokes. We were talking in the first half of this anime about a <laughs> plausible <laughs> deniability. Um, I don't think this is very funny. Uh, nope, Jeff had talked about how Jeff had talked about how uh, in the light novels, having this like prequel spinoff about Megumin, the uh, sorcerer of this video game style fantasy world who is so obsessed with explosions. It's the only spell she'll cast. And when she casts it, it uses up all her mana and promptly like knocks her out, which is always a funny, a funny joke. Very funny. And it's great that we don't even get to see it here because she hasn't learned explosions yet. She had a big titty stranger cast an explosion, and that's apparently her origin story, but we're still having like 12 episodes to follow up on that, I guess. Um, Jeff said that she was the narrator in the light novels, and that is conspicuously missing here. There's no Cosmo style mm. narration. Mm. It's just Megumin kind of being a weird asshole to everyone around her, especially her friend who like, did I hallucinate? Did she slap another girl on the boobs? in the last episode. Um, I haven't seen it. Maybe. I, 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 the third episode, like union says something and Megumin like open palm slaps her tits. And I like literally did not was, did not know if that's what I was seeing. Uh, there. I don't know. I just, it yeah. sounds like <laughs> part of the course for Konosuba. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, there are some funny parts. There's like at least one funny part. In episode. The second episode had, the Crimson Demons defending their village against a bunch of gargoyles that they made because they thought gargoyles looked cool. Um, <laughs> and that's what I expected from the show. And overwhelmingly, it's not that. It's just like young girls with goofy names arguing about whether they're friends or not, which I guess is what slice I, of life is. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't I, know. Duncan, what do you think? Slightly or Andy? more in fav favorable to this show than I think you were. I, I laughed quite a few times in the first episode i i like the training bit where they have to like pretend to be say stupid embarrassing shit and yinyan didn't want to do it i agree it's not konosuba but it's then not that you funny. know it's not konosuba it's not unfunny it's it's a different type of i feel like it's trying to be a different type of show konosuba is definitely trying to be what like a comedy show? show this is trying to be a, a more like slice of life funny show like like, less, le like less funny than konosuba is what they're trying to do is what i feel <laughs> but i feel like it's trying to be more sort of like like a slower pace sort of like slice of life yeah. comedy as opposed to konosuba which is just like a, a straight up and down hilarious still one of the funniest sort of like shows uh like cornerstone of of isekai animes for me like there are three isekai animes konosuba v zero and overlord and everything else is variations on the theme and <laughs> i think this is fine i i enjoy the comedy in some bits but i'm not as negative as you guys that's for sure but but, but you've watched a third as much of it as we have well, that, is true. That, is, that is true <laughs> but also you your comments of the first episode you're like Trash didn't make me laugh once. Um, so I watched. I, I, I said I didn't. I didn't want to know Megaman's tragic explosion backstory. Is what I said, and I stand by that opinion. I don't. I don't know. Did you I laugh at any of those scenes? Yeah, I did. I laughed a lot. I laughed when she was ah, like, okay. "Could you? Could you?" do something like okay that was your funny biggest when she said wish she's like oh yeah. can i be the demon lord he's like okay not that wish could you do something lower and it's like oh could you just i don't know like find that's these the one pieces. funny joke that i like, like no you're, you're incorrect i like the bit where the where his dad's I don't a like salary the training man bit. 
I like the salami man bit. That was a good bit. Like, yeah, you know, just, that's just coming as funny, to bite just as funny as 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 the the witch being like, so. What's your greatest wish, my dear? And she's like, world domination. And she's like, oh, um, I didn't mean that. And she's like, teach me explosion magic. And she's like, oh, um, can you think of something small? Like they kept going. Yeah. And that's what I consider yeah. like good Konosuba comedy is just like everyone is in it for themselves and kind of stupid. Uh, and I feel like they want us to like enjoy this classroom that Megaman's a part of, but we don't know any of the other characters' names, and Megaman actively doesn't want to make friends with anybody, so it's, it's just weird to yeah. have it be a story about her. I don't know. Granted, it's it's a, it's not as funny as Konosuba. I'm not doubting, <laughs> I'm not denying that. The bit that made Mids laugh was the, was the goofy fucking uh, gob, goblins on the school, like the top of the school that they cut to a couple of times. I, I, yeah, those uh, are the gargoyles I, that rebel gargoyles, next episode, yeah. which is... Which is by far the funniest thing that an that this anime's done. By far, I, I thought, Duncan, can you can you confirm when they burned down their village trying to defend it against gargoyles they made themselves? That's great. Sorry, spoilers. Nice <laughs> second episode. I think the thing is like, Konosuba is a guilty pleasure, and I think it's it's makes the guilt part of that big and and is like. It, it it says okay, this is a guilty pleasure, but we don't. We actually have no guilt, and we're shameless. This is a shameless pleasure, it, and <laughs> it, it sort of embraces that. Whereas this is like, this show is like, okay, this should be a guilty pleasure, and it's like, we're actually a bit ashamed of that. Um, let's let's play <laughs> this down. Let's let's be a bit nicer. Let's let's be let's be be nice to union. It without Kazuma just being like this utter slime ball. And and sort of laughing back at its own audience, like I feel like it lacks any of the bite which Konosuba has. Instead, we're just like, look at these these tuny motherfuckers. As yeah, good joke. Let's see if we can make it run twelve episodes. <laughs> I like that. I, I I enjoy it. I, I I feel that it's not Konosuba, but we know it's not Konosuba. I'm not I'm not against it. I just think that without like either a straight man to bounce off of or m more more insight into what Megaman's thinking i think that they're they are leaving comedy on the table to rot and fester and eventually attract flies is my personal thing because i think Megaman's yeah. funniest moments are when she explains how she sees the world and the fact that you literally can't get her to acknowledge that having two spells that you can cast multiple times is better than casting one spell you can cast once um and i think by like not <laughs> like by making joke. by making it's it's a, it's a funny joke but making by making union the weird one and like union's thing is she just like wants to be friends and be respected no, i don't think and she's so you need the to like build one. a She's no, she's the weird one because she's the only normal one. She's the one who's like, "Oh, we'll name this black cat Ink," and everyone in this in the classroom's like, "That's such a weird name, Ink." Like, why? How'd you come up with Ink? And she's like, "Oh, it's because they're black. It's a black cat." And they're like, "Yeah, but why wouldn't you name her like <laughs> Night's Deepest Cover of Darkness?" And like, <laughs> that's the one joke. It's a good but joke. Like, like, it's, beca it's because they make Union because because we, we know what Union's thinking because she's a normal person as opposed to Megumin who just slaps her on the tits for no reason and I still don't even know if that actually happened. I'm sorry if it didn't, but uh, I mean we didn't Andy, have an edit. Point Andy here. watched three episodes to <laughs> three, oh, yeah. watch I'll, three episodes and confirm if it happens. I'll, I mean, I'll it does it. share Konosuba's obsession with tits. So yes, uh, yes, it, indeed. 
They have school uniforms that are literally just like open, like they're just like if you're trying to sh- shrug your way out of several robes is how the the, yeah. the school uniforms are designed. And, and also similar Konosuba's shonky production values. <laughs> yeah. The quality dips. Um, I uh, I'm not as negative to that. Um, what I am slightly more negative towards though is ranking of kings season three, oh um, which is a weird one to really exist because it turns out this is just like a collection of stories that they didn't get to in the original two seasons. So they're just sort of panning over um, what they missed. And it is weird because unlike what you were saying about Oshinoko, these really don't have any relation to the story. Like they really did cut out the stuff that wasn't necessary in the story and won't come back to ever bite you or be ever used again. Like the first story is a simple story about like Bochi and Kaje training. Yeah, this is this is uh, something which uh, shouldn't exist, and I wish it yeah. didn't. <laughs> yeah, and, and like oh, I first yeah. saw the episode and I was like. Oh, maybe this is like an OVA. Maybe they just wanted to animate an OVA, which again, if we talk about Demon Slayer is a problem that I've got with Demon Slayer as well, where they're just like, we don't have budget or whatever. Like, we'll just put the OVA of the, like the 10th volume that everyone, people who bought the DVDs watched and we'll just stick it in the first episode. But it turns out it's not that. It's its own, like, it, this is what the whole series is going to be is like a, a series of shorts and I'm not against it because at the end of the day, like ranking of Kings is unique. And I love like this art style. I love Poggi. I love Kaje. Desper is still a great character to have. It's not adding anything to those characters. And I think that a one were wise to remove these chapters from the ant, from the first two seasons, even though the back half of the second season was slow but it just feels like it doesn't need to happen. Mm, I, argue. I, I feel that it's purely to, to keep, keep the sort of interest of Bocci, of the ranking of Kings high for when they eventually get to the next series, which I hear because it's a monthly manga is going to be a while. I will also say that it is still beautifully animated. Like the animation is fucking gorgeous. And I, I feel that like, the mix of the unique art style, like the the beautiful character, like the beautiful character art, and like the amazing, incredible animation, like uh, will keep me through watching this series. But I'm not so hot. Yeah, on it. yeah. It's interesting how we have these like big adaptations uh, of like big manga or light novel stuff, and it reminds me a lot of how slime like told a story and then like all of its like time buying moments are about like oh here's a bunch of ovas or like a spin-off series it's all the stuff we just skipped I'm... because we don't need to have it and i feel like that's throwing away almost throwing away one of the best advantages of adaptation is you can be like oh well in hindsight we don't need this story to happen here right. and it was annoying in in slime because in slime they were like we this happened but we're not going to tell you and they, oh, they, yeah, when, they I, I hate when anime mentioned. does that. Like, we're skipping over this part, teehee, buy the manga. And I'm like, fuck yeah, off, I'm I, in America. I, I, yeah, I, I hated that. But again, like, <laughs> this is this is why I liked what they did with Oshinoko, where they didn't put backstory, where you weren't watching one thing and then it, a second episode where there's like 10 minutes of fucking back filler that they didn't want to put in the original thing. Like, anyway, 
move on to something else. Did you want to talk about uh, Demon Slayer? Yeah, I'll very quickly just say um, we have another season of Demon Slayer. Mm-hmm. It is Swordsmith Villager Arc. And oh. I think it's occasionally worth pop- popping in to watch an episode of Demon Slayer just to see Ufotable pushing their limits. Yeah, mm. And they... There's this uh, scene in in the first episode where they're they're doing this like mindscape thing where they're oh they're going into this infinite palace and they do this really nice switch direction so uh, someone's on one plane and they use a cut to switch him to in being in a different go from X to Y and like that works they they integrate CGI better than anyone else and they create these mm. very moody very unreal th- things but sometimes they get so pleased with themselves for doing that that they make it last about 10 minutes longer than it should do and unfortunately the first episode of this season of demon slayer is an uh, example of that i think it clocked in at 50 minutes it was a double episode so th- still pretty hefty um and i very little yeah. got accomplished in that. So this is, I mean, that sort of reminds me of the the drum uh, fight in the first season. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Yeah, and, very much. And this is the thing with Demon Slayer that's really kind of put me off it. So, like, Mugen Train was great. Like, uh, I, I liked that a lot. And then the second season came around, and then I found out the first five episodes or four episodes or whatever is just the Mugen Train movie split up into episodes, which feels very weird and like not on they, they they have to have people catch up and then no, they, they... mate fucking everybody and their dog watched the first like mugen train it was the most and still is the most popular anime movie in japan like there's no motherfucker who's not watched mugen train there's absolutely no reason why they had to put there, that there, there probably is one motherfucker who's watching yeah and that's you ben <laughs> but you haven't watched demon slayer so why would you care but like... busy <laughs> <laughs> but like my, my point is is it's like they already had the movie out like why do they then have to like i i guess the favorable reason is because of coronavirus and they probably didn't have the money to or the time to make like four episodes when they can just slot it in whatever i don't care it annoyed me and then the next movie that came out is the last two episodes of the end of season two, and then this one episode that you have watched now, Duncan. So it's like they they it's this weird thing where they're trying to get like these two formats, like the movies out and then the TV series out, and they just keep mixing it all up to make it feel really like a waste of your time and money to go and watch the movie when it's already turning it into a TV series. And it it felt like a waste of time watching the TV series because the movie's going to cover a bit of the TV series, but not all of the TV series. It's only going to cover like the last, the back end of it. And then you can't just watch the Mugen Train movie and then the next movie because you won't know the fucking connections between the two movies. It's <laughs> so bizarre. I don't understand what the fuck they're doing. But it's just kind of killed my interest of Demon Slayer completely, which is a, probably a bad thing. Yeah, I mean, so so to completely like wool gather, I do think that there is this idea in Japanese media, and I may be wrong and would be happy to be corrected, that there are movie people and there are TV people, and that yeah. you can't ex- you can't expect someone to watch a show on the TV and then go to the theater to watch the movie. 
Maybe that's because of COVID. Maybe that's a dynamic that's been around for a lot longer. I wouldn't be surprised no. if so. But it, it, whenever the first time I heard that, like, oh, the reason recap movies exist is to run in front of the real movie so that people can just walk in off the street and watch all of Evangelion in a, in a two movie in a two movie sequence. Yeah. Um, and so now, whenever I see movies, I'm always wondering, like, who is this for? What is their consumption of media supposed to be? Is this people who've just seen Demon Slayer everywhere and then went and saw the movie theater? And meanwhile, we have what is seemingly the like inferior adaptation of the movie as just like a chopped up series of episodes for the people who, I guess, I guess for the hikikomori, for the neats who who aren't ever going to go to a movie theater. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I wish I knew more. <laughs> we say constantly. Well, yeah, and, and I agree because like you look at stuff like Haikyuu, uh-huh. and Haikyuu is exactly that. Like you have, you have every, you have the whole series, <clears throat> and then you have the movies, which are just the series like compressed into a movie. It's not even to promote a single movie. It's all just like this is what happened in the TV show, and apparently they must be really popular because you know, like they they're selling. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, talking about. The next thing that uh, I watched that also feels like I missed something. Uh-oh. Uh, Dr. Stone. <laughs> I wish we had John here. He, I think he's still watching Dr. Stone occasionally. I I mean, it's been a while since last season where the big bad guy, they cryogenically freeze and <laughs> yeah, in, in this stone world. And then they have to... And then it ends with Senku being like, well, we're going to have to find the origin of the uh the thing that turns everyone into stone in case you've forgotten stone world is about uh a post-apocalyptic where everyone's turned into stone then one person turns out of back into back into a human and then everything's like grown over and it's like a new world and you use a science to, to rebuild everything it's great i really love the first two series and this one it sort of starts with him in a hot air balloon which has never been mentioned before and i'm like how did he get a hot air balloon <laughs> and then he's like flying over the town everyone's like there and, and then it just fucking like fast forwards like farming and like agriculture and mapping and all this like cool stuff that usually it would take like an episode or two to do but it feels like it's just trying to do that to get to the the ship where what they really want to do is they want to do one piece in stone world where they just explore the seas um but with science and it feels like i've missed what shonen does to things (laughs) i feel like and it feels like i've missed an episode or something and the only thing i could find was an hour-long special and it's either a recap or it's something uh new and i don't know what it is i don't know whether i can be asked to be invested to find out this reminds me of duncan i know that you watched the first season of sarune after i <laughs> spent literally the past three months raving about the second season there's a movie in between the first and second season that i skipped and i I didn't think I missed it at all, but I'm hearing mm-hmm. that it has new material in it. And now I'm just like, it's exactly the opposite problem of, what's, of what Andy has. Should I like, go back? I feel like I missed something. Like, should I go hunt down this untranslated uh, recap movie that apparently has new material? Because like, no. anime plays with your head all the time. That's how like, they Penguin, get you. Penguin Drum got two, got two movies um and with new animation and i'm like i love mawaru penguin drum should i watch the movies and the answer is no the show's better but the the answer is no like that's how they get you they they they, that is exactly the same 
but they'll put a, a few more scenes, but it won't change the outcome. Yeah. Unlike another thing that I didn't watch because of <laughs> a different, the same annoying reason, the fucking second season of Made in Abyss. Like, there were four movies or three or four movies. There were a lot of movies. That's true. <laughs> Everything apart from the last one is a recap. Apart from the last one, which apparently is slightly a recap, but then mostly new stuff. You know who did this too? Madoka. Madoka, after uh, the show, they had they had three yeah. movies, and the two movies were recaps with new animation, and then there was a third movie that's just it's new stuff. Completely new story. And you know what? When they were when they were selling it at right stuff, they were selling it as a an import um, back during like the early days of the Blu-ray, and you couldn't buy the third movie separately. You had to buy the box set of the, with the recap movies yeah. too for uh, like for like two hundred eighty dollars. And I'm like, fuck that! I don't <laughs> like Madoka that much. I mean, I don't like Madoka at all, kind of. But I, I quite like Madoka. Anyway, I I I am looking, and I am right that I have missed an, an hour-long OVA called Doctor Stone Rusi. You you rube you absolute you absolute pleb. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> Which centers around this new character who comes in and then is like not oh, even introduced. No. <laughs> yeah, there's a new character new in the OVA. Character. Why do they do this? I mean, it's to make you. It's to make you see. It's to make you, Andy. If you're the hypothetical Japanese consumer, it's to make you go to the fucking bookstore and hunt around for yeah. the like pack in OVA of that that will <laughs> let you know what the fuck is going on in this new season being aired on television because you're an anime fan. So obviously, you are just an infinite pump of money for them to. Just, yeah, well, it's fucking dumb. I, I, I guess I'm going to have to watch that. At least <sighs> then you'll, you'll be sensible enough uh, that if, uh, for instance, someone was to make an a OVA of, say, a, a, a sci-fi series you absolutely hated and drove you to distraction, you wouldn't watch that when it comes out, will you, Ben? Wait, wait, wait. wait what is it? Are we talking about Trigun? I can't keep track of all the things yeah. I'm disappointed by. You better, you better <laughs> not watch that. All the things that. you hate. <laughs> like, I... Just be like your completionism versus your hatred yeah. of, of that adaptation. Which will Duncan, win? Duncan, I'm I'm I'm, fi- I'm filing a complaint with Podcast HR. You know <laughs> that the next four months, I don't have to think about Trigun Stampede, and you're you're violating a, a distinct severance agreement that I, that I should not have to think about Trigun Stampede until they come out with the next season or OVAs or whatever the fuck. You know what we should talk about started with an OVA, episode 00, which I think is the only thing that Andy's watched. But yep. um, we're on the second season of Mobile Suit Gundam, Witch for Mercury. Mm-hmm. Uh, Revolutionary Gundam Suleta, as uh, I've decided to call it. Yeah, I... I watched the OVA and was like, this is weird. What the fuck is this? Well, not, not to be too spoilery, because I don't usually like to like go into like the big shit uh, with, with our beginning of the season stuff. But this is an example um, of... We have it. We finally got the payoff from the the prequel episode. Yeah. Um, with this season, um, I there are a lot of articles floating around right now of like of like now welcome to the real Gundam because the like, real Gundam starts here. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally of just of just like oh, you thought this was like fun fun games well, with robots? Was your pay- Fuck well, this you! Was your, was your parents Gundam? <laughs> And like, yeah, like the weird thing about Gundam, we've talked about this before, is that like no, everyone knows what Gundam is, but very few people understand Gundam because they've never watched one because Mm. there's just so fucking much to watch. And so being like, guess what? Every Gundam gets like super dark with child soldiers. seems laughably obvious to me as someone who's only watched like four or five Gundam shows between OVAs and regular series. Uh, But yes, this is the like super dark child soldier part of which for Mercury, D- 
did you watch the most recent episode, Duncan? As in, like, yeah, I'm, I'm fully today? up to date. I'm, I'm okay. I'm glad they kind of just decided, you know, to let some more air into the story a bit. Well, well, it's like we've done at the end of of last season. We ended with like a a big emotional impact. No pun intended. <laughs> and, a, and a physical <laughs> one. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, I, I'm um, looking forward to finding out what that is. Because, like, yeah, yeah. Is, you it, bet is you it are. worth? Is it good? Is it worth me? It is very good. I think, okay. in fairness, for all, all, all our, our laughs at, at it, it is definitely a good show. I mean, it's just—it's really weird to watch something that is both, on the one hand, being just this really open pastiche of Utena and sub Utena anime. And on the other hand, it's just like, yep, I'm the next Gundam. You like, you like y'all, did y'all like uh, iron blooded orphans? Here's the next Gundam from the people who gave you iron blooded orphans, except not like some of the people. Uh, but I like it. I like where it's going. I think that every single person being like, Oh yeah, Gundam's so dark and people die all the time. And it's just like, it's the dark complex show for like super big boys. Uh, I'm not there for that I, my favorite is turn a gundam um but like do you watch i'm blooded no i, I didn't and didn't particularly enjoy it um but i quite liked it like you need to you, you can't just say that child so like wow it's fucked up that they make chi- children pilot gundams and they're all gonna die isn't that sad because they're kids i need more than that and i think to its credit uh which for mercury is like taking it like okay so we have a technology that can only really support child soldiers. What sort of political and institutional things are created thereby? Um, I think that that's good. I, I'm generally on board, but I do think it's very funny that we have this like homage to like the abstract, surreal, like sane and shit of the late '90s, combined with like modern late 2010s, early 2020s Gundam, where it's like, oh yeah, you get the picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like Solette. I like Minorine. I don't like that they don't hang out anymore because the cast has gotten so big and we are spending time on, like, destroyed, impoverished Earth. Credit where credit's due. Earth looks fucking terrible. It reminds me of, uh, there's a sci-fi show, S-I-F-Y, sci-fi, Siffy show called The Ark, um, and it's not very good. It's it's mid, uh, but but they have a when they're building the sh- when they're building this arc ship they like you can see the earth in the background and there's just like waves of wildfire like working across the North American continent like visible from space the wildfires are so bad and they're they're kind of getting there and I appreciate like it's not enough given how the the conflict is between Earthians and Spacians you I hate saying saying both those names. But but the fact that like Earth is truly being screwed over. This is not grudges. This is not people thinking that they were going to be in charge of the future or not. It's about like actual suffering caused by the fact that like when you have an intergalactic empire, you trap people on a planet and they're just going to suffer and die there if you don't care for them. So I'm happy to see where it goes. I I don't know if it's going to be as good as it could be, but that is the nature of consuming all media that's, that's the so. nature of it yeah that, that's 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 why you watch things ben <laughs> but what if you could just watch something and you know it's good every time is that is that literally like being in heaven and you like lose the will to live because like everything's like too it, good that, yeah. that's just being old and just watching the same shit that you've already watched because you know you like it i'm just very glad that they didn't <laughs> decide to 
keep the mysteries strung out any longer. Yes, like they, yes. they decided, okay... Categorically, we're, yes. We're, we're past the point of no return now. Everything's coming out. Dominoes are falling down one after each other. You're getting all the things which... It's big questions being revealed one after one. Who the real antagonists probably is. Who we should be rooting for. If anyone... Yeah. Is, is is the question of every Gundam we have it's like I think like as you say like part of what has fooled people of the first series is here's your very clear heroine to root for <laughs> yay don't worry about any of her backstory at all it will be fine we've borrowed one of the more most storied Jose-ish like drama formats to let you know that this girl is the prince She's gonna she's gonna win all the duels and make the world better, and then they they go from there. Yeah, I'm very as someone who is is tired of black boxes and mystery boxes and puzzle boxes fucking up his life. Um, I'm really glad that they just literally some an episode like what like twelve. 13 someone walks in and is like here's the big secret and the lady's like yes that is the big secret <laughs> you are correct well done now the well, now the next secret. 10 episodes are going to be exploring what that secret means not having a bunch of idiots guess at what the secret is like i don't know i'm maybe i again am old and nostalgic but like it's nice to just like yeah we're dealing with consequences now that's what the second core is for and that's what second cores are for and we forgot because there was a whole decade where nothing ever got a second core unless it was a, a shonen jump adaptation so yeah i'm happy about that and to cover real quickly vinland saga also continuing on the plot with arne dealing with how you can't just fix slavery by freeing people and combined with thorfinn like literally in his spare time in this anime sitting down with uh with einar and being like okay how can we stop all war forever like it's goofy to have that it's two slaves living in a barn in Denmark and they're like talking about how to stop all war and slavery but um it's staking out its ground uh and I'm 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 incredibly excited I've never been this into Vinland Saga it's so funny that they just like they trap everyone on a farm <laughs> as slaves and I'm like yeah let's have let's have the real medievalism emerge and granted like we have Canute moving against uh Kettle and his family uh, and we have the mercenary I don't know Incredibly happy. Looking forward to the in two months when I'll get to talk more about <laughs> Finland Saga, uh, for sure. But yeah, is that everybody's that shows it, this season? Uh, I think that's it. Do not um, see anything else. Okay, to run through real quickly, I'm also take as you've noticed. I only am watching th- three shows. I guess yeah, three shows this season. So quickly, going to run through what I'm watching in my spare time. I watched all of Jaiman is Unjakeable. I I hate I hate that you said that. But recognizing the extreme monkey's paw situation where I complained in season three that they're like driving across the world. So there's not enough like investing in a single location in a single situation. Mm-hmm. And so Diamond is Unbreakable has them trapped in a small town and frequently has them trapped inside a single house for, for multiple episodes. It wasn't perfect, but I, I have to recognize that the that the. Uh, be easy, Andy. No, uh, I, I have to recognize like he took things I thought were genuinely problems the second season and fixed them. And it's mm-hmm. my fault that that's not the, sol- that the, his solutions weren't the ones I would pick. I'm fine. Like this is, a, it's, it, it, it deserves the recognition diamonds and breakable does for like being like a weird 
intense season of JoJo's. I, I, I've said this before on the pod, uh, and I'll say it many times. I love Diamonds Unbreakable. I agree that I, I feel the production is definitely a lot cheaper. It's definitely a lot like a lot more corners cut for animation styles. But I, I it's the uh, it's where Hirohiko Araki really sort of stops trying to make it about fighting. And yes, starts trying to be interesting and do something different and fun with the stands. And I love <laughs> everyone that. has such a stupid stand. Yeah. Everyone has a, such a stupid fucking stand. <laughs> oh. and, and it's gonna get dumber from here on in. But oh, I don't know uh, if I can make it to season five. What's that? Season Golden Wind. Uh, Golden Wind. See, Golden yeah. Wind's like back. To, it's kind of a mix of both, I think. It's more back to like the fighting, but it doesn't get so ingrained as it did with season three. Um, I, I will say I was very lucky that marijuana was legalized in my state at the same time that I started watching Diamond is Unbreakable because I'm much more willing to stay in a house for four episodes straight if I if I have just taken a dab or yeah. something. I, yeah, I, I mean, it would probably be a, a better show, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I, I love, I, I mean, I just, I love JoJo, as I, we all know. Yeah, um, no. But but I, I do feel that four is special, and uh, it feels like it's, it's just so different. Yeah, yeah, it's so different. The serial kill, the serial killer character who's revealed very early, mm-hmm. and just seems to have like this like perfect weird like game hacky stand. Yeah, and the home yeah. invasion stuff like is genuinely creepy. Like th- there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in there that you're just like yeah this is good and weird and different. And the fifth arc is also good and weird and different in a different way that's why jojo's great yeah i i as a big jojo's anti-booster i had to acknowledge that uh, i gave i gave a b plus to to season four sorry andy if that really upsets no. you but no i uh, i mean i'm a search i'm a search grader is what i am only yeah. the best students get a's fine uh, uh i look forward to seeing your opinion like girls five. and panzer yeah i look forward to seeing your opinion on season five uh talk to me in 2024 uh okay and then i've i'm in the middle of watching aria the natural which Mm -hmm. is a season two 26 episodes um still still gondola girls in futuristic mars venice uh season two swings hard into supernatural there's a, a giant cat the like giant the 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 giant like spiritual cat god trickster of celtic mythology yeah it's so much more about her going on these weird supernatural like vision quests through Venice on Mars. It's not what I liked about the first anime, which is the understatement of the year. Um, I still like the characters. I think it's funny that the three girls are all fucking idiots and they all have their like signature idiot face. I'll post a picture on the Facebook if I can remember to take a screen cap. Um, but all three of the girls, there's the there's the tryhard dumbass, the dick dumbass, and the nice one dumbass. And they and they like are the perfect cycle. And I like that. This season's making me doubt a lot more if I can watch all uh three seasons, two OVAs, and three movies, plus three possibly movies. another movie coming up. Yeah, they um, it's it it covers their whole career as they go from like trainees to heads of their respective gondola companies, which is something that draw drew me in, obviously. But right now, like an extended season where they like meet ghosts and mythological figures, and there's a whole episode where they have to transport glass across the lagoon, and sounds dope. Yeah, yeah. We not weed for that. Definitely horse tranquilizers or quaaludes <laughs> is, is 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 more what you want to be taking. 
And finally, I'm watching the uh, Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040, which is the 1998 reboot of the original OVA. And it's better. It's better. They have, a, they have 26 episodes instead of nine episodes of one of the most notoriously troubled productions in, in, in 1980s OVA production. Um, there are four ladies. They get in robot suits to beat up boomers. The evil company that keeps producing these defective boomers is given a reason that's not their the dumbest people on the planet it's that like the it's the head of the company is like a, a transhumanist who wants like boomers to replace humans so that he can like get downloaded into a boomer and the guy working under him they're building like a a like space elevator connected to like a a, a solar sail and he's just like okay i'll put up with my crazy ceo's plan to like fill the world with boomers because i can use all that labor to build a solar sail that will like corner the global energy market and make us the most important company on the planet it's not bad for 1998. When you say boomer, you mean I expect oh, that's what mean... they call robots. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. it means yes. Yeah, one of the great building a bunch of old people. <laughs> one of the great ironies of anime is that one of its most celebrated cyberpunk stories, Bubblegum Crisis slash Crash slash Eighty Please. Uh, they're called boomers. They, I, I think, I think they literally explain why they're called boomers and i like laughed and then pulled out my phone (laughs) as that episode went on i was like okay i don't i don't care why you called them boomers obviously it's some weird anime thing i like slow seasons and i've decided this is a slow season just because i said so uh, because i do like going back to the older shit because man (laughs) different whatever whatever nerds uh (laughs) different market forces create different kinds of anime and it's nice to watch like to watch Arya alongside other slice of life uh, that are not grabbing me as much. I find it interesting that Crunchyroll does not have what I would deem the two big ones. Yeah, High Dive is apparently... Oshinoko's on High Dive, had, yeah. Had their biggest ever uh, audience thing for having that, so good for them, I guess. High Dive needs all the help it can get, so yeah. I'm, I'm not well, against that. High Dive had Call of the Night. Yeah. Like High Dive has Lupin. Like, it's... Not got bad stuff. High Dive is why I've been watching uh, something which you heavily recommended, Ben, where I've watched uh, the first season of Sunray. Thank you very much for for recommending that because it is a great show. Although I I do think there is more of a nodding wink to boys' love stuff in that show than you are willing to admit. There's definitely loads of it. Absolutely stuffed yeah I, I i just don't i don't i don't watch a lot of handsome boys sports stuff and i know like season two like forced awareness of me <laughs> because there's so many just like five beautiful boys all drawing their bows standing like one after another as like supernatural ribbons and like sparkles like fly around them but i think season one is granted there are some like homoerotic moments but i think it's much more of like a, a very quiet show where like not a lot happens outside the characters heads and when they're shooting what andy Can i just say i'm just reminded like yuri on ice has yes. got a movie coming out and it's called yuri on ice the movie ice adolescence <laughs> that's the dumbest is that title. is that a thing because like there's the <laughs> speaking of utena there's the adolescence of utena and i think Adel- like anime Adolescence. Andy, Andy, within this, I would just like to say one thing that can't compete with the with the free 
free movie, which is the final... They, they've had a series of, of movies for free, and the final movie of this he- heavily homoerotic uh, coded uh, thing is called Free, The Final Stroke. That's a bit... It's a bit on the nose, isn't it? It's, <laughs> Oh, I man. don't think there's any way you can go from there, frankly. <laughs> Take the last stroke, and then there's a, there's like a, a slowdown, virtually a freeze frame, and there's a harp, and then like a, a ring yeah. of bells as the last, yeah. the last, the last spray of water last flies <laughs> into the air, which has been China censored to all be white. Uh... <laughs> cool. That sounds like we are done. Tune in next time. We're going to be talking about the movie Inu-O by Masaki Iwasa. Yeah. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on the platform of your choice. Find us on Facebook. Search for Keyframes Podcast. Find us on Twitter at Keyframes Pod. Email us questions. Email us ideas for our next episode. Keyframespodcast at gmail.com. And most of all, tell a friend. But not any friend, Ben. If I were you, I'll tell that friend who... You think you know, and then you realize there's like a movie and like half a movie (laughs) and maybe like an OVA's worth of backstory you forgot to ask about. Uh, So then you're going to have to like spend a couple of months digging for it. (laughs) Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.